It is good. Keeps my garden growing. And the, the weeds. Mainly the weeds, yes. <laughs> That's another story for another time. How about you jump to your feet? It was a good jump. We're going to start this morning off worshipping our King and our Saviour, declaring some of His truths over our lives. But He is the God of our healing. He is stronger than anything that the world may throw up in our face. We're going to declare that truth this morning. darkness you shine and out of the ashes we rise there's no one like you none like you our God is greater our God is greater our God is stronger God you are higher than any other our God is healer awesome and
that our God is greater, that our God is stronger. And as we sing, I want to sing it over those things in our life that may be popping up and getting in our way. Or there may be some healing that you're believing for today. And we need to declare this truth that the Lord is greater, that He is stronger, that He is our healer. Because our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, You are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. Cause our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power, our God. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome and power. Our God, our God, our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome and We do declare that this morning that no matter what we come up against, that you are greater, that you are stronger, that you are King of Kings, that you are Lord of Lords, that you are above everything else. And we declare that in this place this morning, we declare that in our lives, we declare that in our city today, we declare that in our nation and in the nations that you are greater that you are stronger, that you are above all things. Take your place. Take your place. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We give you praise. We give you praise. We honour you in this place today. We honour you in our lives. Thank you, God. Thank you that you are are with us right now. Thank you. Thank you that you are not a distant God, that you are with us right now. Thank you for your presence with us right now. Thank you, Lord. Amen.
Welcome to church. Great to gather in the nice, dry, nice, warm building, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> with our church family. Fantastic. So welcome. You may be seated. If you're here for the first time today, a special welcome to you. It's great to have you with us today. If you are here that, that for the first time, we if you haven't already picked up a welcome bag when you came in, then we'd love you to pick up one on your way out. It'll be on your right-hand side as you exit into the foyer at one of our gift bags, um, and there'll be someone there to meet you. So please enjoy the gathering with us this morning. Church, how about you welcome our guests today? Well, our seats are changed a little again, aren't they? Good to change the, the lounge room up. They may not stay this way. We, we uh, had, a, had a great, they won't stay this way, Pastor Sheridan says they won't. We had a, um, a well, I say a great, a great um, honouring of Stephen Pierce's life yesterday, um, his funeral, his sudden passing. We're all going to go suddenly, aren't we? It's all, it's all happening to us all. Um, so, so God, I think. Thank you that you are with Joan, particularly Joan, and for Kieran right now, and, and his brother Jason. Thank you for your comfort and strength with them, in Jesus' name. Yeah, Stephen was just here two Sundays ago, praising with energy and vitality, and now he's praising with a lot more energy in the throne room of God. Wow, we all get to go there. Yes, yes. <laughs> Not yet. No, <laughs> not yet. When our time comes. Yeah. Well, we're going to celebrate the birthdays this morning. Have we got some chockies near Pastor Sharon? Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So if you have had a birthday or a wedding anniversary, then I'd love you to come and join me. Happy birthday, Kevin. <laughs> Is anyone else going to come and join Kevin? Anyone celebrated in this past week? Wow, aren't you special? Yes, I saw that lovely picture of you on Facebook. Superman. Yes. Do you look, do you look a bit like Clark Kent? <laughs> Sorry to embarrass you. Church, how about you stand with Kevin, alias Clark Kent? Superman. Let's pray blessing upon him. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over him this year. Activate your love and goodness through Kevin. In Jesus' name, amen. It's a bit naughty to embarrass people, isn't it? <laughs> fun too though. <laughs> well the kids are in with us this morning. Isn't that great? Yeah, yeah it's great for, the, for our um, children's teachers, our leaders. Thank you children's church team. You are amazing. We love you. We appreciate you. So enjoy your break this morning. They are incredible aren't they? Yeah. So, but it's great that they get to have a break and the kids get to stay in with us this morning. And we do have some 
some activity sheets for you at the back, but what we'd like you to do is bring the sheets back to um, whoever you came to church with this morning and um, sit with them, and, but you can enjoy your activity sheets. And maybe, maybe we'll give them a word to count, maybe, from Pastor Sheridan's amazing message this morning. Something like God would be a good one, wouldn't it? So if you want to count the word God, then you can go ahead. Not, not, not counting me, okay? Only Pastor Sheridan, if he mentions that word, I wonder. We'll wait and see if there's a chance. <laughs> yeah, so that's great. Now, it, what is this month? It's October. It's October. What, are, what, what is in October for Activate Church? Church in Action, CIA. So we do have a red clipboard going around somewhere. Give us a wave if you've got it. Yes, Tina's got it. Wow, it's gone. Okay, well, some of you may have missed it here, but it's being passed around. If you get past a clipboard, what we want you to do is put your name on it somewhere where you would like to or a few places that you'd like to. It's got the this coming week on it, and we are going to pray 24-7. Isn't that cool? We as a church are praying 24-7. Now, the prayer points uh, were sent out um, to everyone by email on Friday, I think it was. They went out. If we do not have your email address, well, obviously, you're probably putting it down on the clipboard. So that's great. Um, if you didn't receive it, the, the email, and you do want to, you can also go to the hub afterwards and uh, make sure that we get your email address down and... Also, there is a, a slip in front of your pocket and, and the seats that you can also fill in and pop it into one of the giving boxes as well. That would be great. So that's going to be good. We are praying 24-7 for our city. Isn't that great? Awesome. Yes, yeah, so very exciting. We've got a number of things happening over CIA month. So today we have some food packs out there very, very cool idea, I think, because you know how we have the food bags and, you know, I mean, right throughout the year, I mean, this is not just for October, is it? But we are uh, being proactive in October. But right throughout the year, we get the opportunity to um, bring food and pop it into our food bank because our food bank is in demand and um, which is, yeah, quite a sad thing in itself, isn't it? But our food bank is in demand by our community. So we get to, to bring uh, tins of food and, you know, non-perishable food. Well, if you're like me, I've got to admit that I often forget to, to you know, bring your, bring your things in. Even sometimes you put them in the, the trolley and then you forget to bring them on the Sunday. And it's like, oh. So we've got this great idea. There's food packs there. You can have a look at the food pack of your choice. There's different amounts, $5, $10, etc. And all you need to do, especially if you go and buy coffee after the gathering, then you'll say, oh, I'll have a food pack with that too, thanks. And you pay for a food pack. And that food pack will go into our food bank. Isn't that great? Yes. So you can purchase a food pack. 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 (laughs) Purchase. And it's just nice and easy for us to do. Also, there are some slips there as well that uh, simply has the bank account number on. So you can also do it you know, from home. Grab, grab a slip if you're running out the door um, and then you can just deposit the money uh, from home as well and then that will go into the food bank. Isn't that great? 
So that's one thing that we are doing this month with CIA. Of course, this is 24-7 prayer. Um, CIA, I would probably call um, another, another thing that we can do this month is CIA, take the initiative. CIA, take the initiative. We can do that right throughout the year, but let's be proactive in October. Let's take the initiative this week. What can I do in my workplace? What can I do in uh, wherever I am this week or for my neighbours, um, people that I know or people I see in need, um, maybe that are ne- really in need and that need something? What can I do? What can I do? Let's take the initiative. We are going to give you some ideas next week. You will receive some ideas but how about we try and take the initiative this week and, and see how many of those ideas that we receive next week that we've already done this week. That will be cool, won't it? So, CIA, take the initiative. We're all going to take the initiative this week. Also, we have Expo Sunday next week for um, our community link. We are going to have an expo out in the foyer so you can find out more about all of our links. There are a number of different links. And so that's going to be exciting. You'll get to find out some of that. Plus, we have on the 16th of October, what's coming up? Yes, Muck Inn is happening on the 16th of October. And we're going to have amazing, beautiful weather. That day is going to be um, dry. And we are going to come to church in our older clothes, ready to muck in. We will come at 10 a.m., 10 a.m. here. We're going to meet briefly here and then we are going to depart into our community to muck in together into the various areas. We're going to finish off with a barbecue to finish and that's going to be awesome, isn't it? So muck in. Also that night, that evening, we have Pastor David Quinn with us that evening from Activate Fielding. So that's going to be great as well. Also, we've got the light party coming up on the very end of October That'll be Monday, the 31st of October, the alternative to Halloween. And this is huge. I mean, this area here is all done up just like a a kid's absolute dream. They walk into this place and it's just filled with with all sorts of games and and lollies and all sorts. And And kids are just lining up. Honestly, they line up in the car park to get in the door with all the families and the majority of them, I'm sure, are kids that, because um, I'm usually here serving the cafe with the with the parents. We have the cafe for the parents, and you know, I just don't know their I don't know their faces. They're from our community. We we advertise in the schools and the primary schools, and they are here, excited, very excited. So we need people to serve at the light party. So you can uh, put your name down for that at the hub. That's going to be great. So here we're going to be here Monday night. 31st of October for the light party. Are we excited? Yes. Okay, I get. I know you're sitting there thinking, what am I going to do to take the initiative this week? Yeah, it's going to be great. Good. Okay, we are going to celebrate communion together. Isn't that good? So I'm just wondering whether or not we've got Mark or Amy. Just hassling. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll have Amy, but let's... Let's give it up for Mark. (laughs) I'm in so much trouble when I get home from Amy, but never mind. 
Um, a few weeks ago, something really unusual happened in my and Marianne's life, and that we found ourselves in London uh, for work. And uh, while we were there, we had a spare day, and so we chose to go to the National Art Gallery in London. And we got to see uh, these amazing paintings by amazing artists that I'd heard about at school. I'd never been to London before. I'd never seen these paintings in the reality. You know, Botticelli and uh, Michelangelo and all sorts of names um, of importance from many, many, many years gone by. And the thing that struck me as we were in the art gallery was, uh, or two things really, the first thing was there were just enormous crowds of people from all around the world, from all sorts of countries, you could tell by their dress and the way, all sorts of cultures. And the extraordinary thing was that on, on most of the walls of the art gallery, the artworks, many, many of them were about the crucifixion of Jesus. It was extraordinary. And I sort of, these walls were doing what often we struggle to do, they were talking about Jesus to people from all around the world. And that was sort of extraordinary. And then after a while, I sort of got a bit annoyed and I couldn't quite work out what was getting me a bit annoyed, but I realized what it was after a while. Most of these paintings were about Jesus's crucifixion. In fact, I think there was only about one of them that I found that was about his resurrection. And that was painted in sort of really unreal ways. And I, I no criticism of the painter, because I don't know how you'd paint that in, in any other sort of way. But anyway, long and short, um, I uh, had had enough of the crowd, so I sat down and I started to write a poem, because of course I was in this artistic place and I got a bit inspired, and sometimes I'm weird enough to do that. So I thought I'd write a love poem to Mary Ann, and I won't bore you with it, because it goes on and on and on. But the first verse was something... The first verse it starts off something like this from memory. Uh, Today I've seen the Christ crucified a thousand times, but risen only once. For there is only one death that matters, yours. And that was the first verse of my love poem, and it goes on and so on. And, and I was thinking about that in the context of what we're doing now. Sort of really weird. Who on earth would write a love poem which starts talking about death? But actually, isn't that what we've got in our hands? Isn't this the thing about Christianity that makes our God, our understanding of God, our relationship with God, different from all of the other people's faiths from around the world? You know, we can have all sorts of points of commonality about being good to one another, about doing the right thing, about social justice, about our desire to revolutionise global politics or whatever else it is that motivates us in our thinking and in our religion for good or bad. But the one thing that's really different about our God is that he wrote us a love poem with his blood and with his flesh. And it wasn't a love poem about death, but of course it was. But really, it was a love poem about life. It was a statement from Jesus. When we come together and do it in remembrance of him, sort of partly we're remembering the love poem of his death, but mostly remembering the love poem of his life. So let's just take the emblems 
the bread and the wine. And let's just pause for a moment and just think on this as you uh, do that together. This is a personal love poem written for me by my God 2,000 and a bit years ago. So let's take the bread. Thank you. Thank you. And let's take the wine. Lord God, we thank you that you've written us this love poem that we can share so many years later, not only with ourselves, but with others from all around the world. And we thank you that this is what makes you different in our lives, that you have loved us first and more than we could ever love you. a beautiful picture. Um, this morning in the prayer meeting, um, got this picture of God being like um, a father at um, at Christmas time with this big pile of presents, and he's super excited and can't wait for us to come in the door to church and pass us our, our present. And it's not a pile of presents that were all the same, and it wasn't a pile of presents that were the same size or they were personally, individually marked. So what you were saying about the, that letter personally to us. So as you stand, as we continue in the presence of our almighty God, the one that's written this letter, he has a gift for each of us this morning that he desires to give you individually, perfectly picked and selected from his heart for you. So I invite you to stand and part of my heart, as I was listening, part of my heart broke a little bit because the part I didn't see of the picture he gave me this morning was that as we came in, the pile of presents was still massive. It was still so big. And there were still names on it. But the people weren't here. God is so big and CIA this month Church in Action God desires for all His kids to be in relationship with Him and to come in and receive the gift He has for them and maybe it's the fact that we're going to take the gift that God has and take it into our community and give it to the person personally you know, maybe maybe that's God's on God's heart. Maybe some are gonna come through the door to receive it themselves. But when we worship today, let us have an open communication with God as we worship Him and share our heart towards heaven and towards our heavenly Father. Let us hear His heart back to us and back for what He desires for our community.
drink the living
spirit break out Break our walls down Spirit break out Heaven come down Spirit break out Break our walls down Spirit break out Heaven come down Praise. 
Your power is so immense, we can't even start to put words to it. You're the one who holds the the universe in shape. You're the one that speaks and the universe expands. You're the one that called us into life and breathed life into us. This morning, Lord, we acknowledge that. We acknowledge that you're a good, good God. Sometimes you're frightening, but you're a good God. You're a God who has our best interests at heart. You're a God who has purpose for us be part of your kingdom and to bring hope to our nation, to our city, to the nations of the world. You have a plan for each one of our lives. That in itself is mysterious. I thank you that as we heard this morning, you are the God of the resurrection. That death could not hold you down. That you are risen that you're alive and that we can walk with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Can I get you to stay there for a few minutes? That would be really good. That would be good. Good morning. Good morning. That wasn't bad. Morning. morning. Thank you. Just reminding you that we have an agreement. Don't we? We have an agreement. Very good. I talk, you answer. I don't even talk, you answer. Just answer. Say whatever you're thinking. The power of coming into alignment with the promises and the Word of God is beyond what you can imagine. It's beyond what you can imagine. And it doesn't happen with a nod of the head or a wink or a nudge. It happens with a yes and then amen. The promises of God. That is right. Well, it's been a big week. This week we settled, we paid the bill, we are now legally the owners of a medical centre. Medical clinic, isn't that cool? That is pretty cool and that is a big step toward our vision in the future. So I'm very, very excited about that and very grateful for the work that many people did. Graham sitting here, he was one of the key workers. It's a great accomplishment, isn't it Graham? It's very, very exciting. So, um, yeah, we're thrilled about that. That's really good. Well, CIA, 24-7 prayer. Started yesterday. And um, can I have nine volunteers? Nine. I need nine volunteers. You've got to be prepared to speak, to pray publicly. You just come. You've got to be prepared to pray publicly on what I tell you to pray about. And you've got to keep it to 30 seconds. I'm making it harder and harder, aren't I? Just nine people come. Come on. Nine people. It's not that bad. It's not that frightening. I do this every week. I have to look at you fellas. Come on. Nine. Nine. Oh, you're going to make me choose, aren't you? You're going to make me pick you. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Rex. Thank you, Nairi. Go, Cat. That's good. 
Great. Here's, here's the nine points that we're praying about during the, the next um, month. And I thought it'd be really good to take a few minutes today to pray about them. So I'm going to ask each of you to... One, two, three, four, five, six. Can, you guys, can you count? Can you count? I said nine. I'm sure I said nine. Oh, look at that. Six, seven, eight. How many now? Oh, that's right, isn't it? Sweet. That's really good. Well done. Thank you, people. Jan, can you manage the microphone? So we're going to spend just a few minutes praying into these things. I'll come and tell you the one to pray for, so that because that keeps changing, just to make it easier for you. And, and But what I want us to do is I want us all to stand and let's spend the next 10 minutes, whatever it takes, praying into these things. Pick one, pick two, pick three. Let's pray. They're all praying that into our city and that will be effective as a church in our city that will see the power of God move in our city and is that right? you look a bit hesitant come on Christianity is about participation it's not a spectator sport thing otherwise you'll get to heaven you know when you die and Jesus will go well who the heck are you? and you'll go oh but Lord and he'll go, yeah, but I never knew you. Come on. That's what the Bible says. Let's jump up on our feet. Right, where should we start? Should we start with, let's start with Marianne up this end. Marianne, would you like to start by praying um, that God would mobilise the church, breaking the lie that people keep telling themselves that they can't, that they can't. That would be good and I'll inform everyone. Oh, Lord. Lord, we thank you for this awesome opportunity to serve you in our community. Lord, I pray that you would, Lord, be with each person individually. Lord, that you would work in their mind. Lord, that gets in the way of, um, it, that provides a barrier when people say, I can't do this. I can't speak up. I can't help. I can't approach that person. All the what ifs. Lord, I pray that you would, in a very real way, heal that I can't for people. Lord, that you would give them power, energy, the words to speak, the courage to step forward. Lord, and when they look back, they go, gee, I don't know how I did that. And we know it was you. Lord, and I just pray for each of us, you would meet us where it is that we need your help. If it's our courage to speak up or to connect with people, Lord, if it's the things that we do, Lord, I pray you just really um, be with us, Lord, and be behind us, pushing us forward, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, we just uh, uplift all those in the city, Lord, Lord, that have been walking with you and have fallen away, Lord. Lord, we just lift up every one of them, Father God, Lord, that, Lord, that they would have an encounter with you again, Lord. Lord, that they would come back to your church, Lord. Lord, that you would um, utilise them um, for building your kingdom, Lord. Lord, that you would, um, for all the hurts um, that they may have felt, whatever in the past, Lord, that be stripped down and cast away, Lord. And Lord, that they've just been revitalised and re-energised, Lord. The fire within them would just, um, just lift them up, Lord. And Lord, that they'd be utilised for your good in this city. Lord, um, may we that are in the church be the inspiration the, um, to encourage them on their journey, Lord. Lord, um, and for 
may they be the influence in wherever they are in the city. Lord, that um, they are an example of you wherever, whenever, be like Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for everyone in this church and I pray that you relight our fires to want to reach yes. people who don't know you. And I pray that you'll be with us and it won't just be what we say, but how we live our lives. And I pray yes. that we'll be living lives that make people want to know more about you. Yes. And it won't be what we say, but what we do. And God, I pray that um, we will hear you and we will do what you tell us to do. God, we just encourage all the people to our city. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just encourage them to the people and we put our prayer into people's lives. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Come up off the stream video. Thank you, God. Dear Lord, I pray for our city, Lord. I thank you for providing it for us and how great it is, Lord. And I just pray for those in our city who are struggling through poverty, Lord, whether they're homeless or a family living off a benefit, struggling to make ends meet. Lord, I just really pray for all these families, Lord, that they will know your peace yes. and know that, that someone cares, Lord. And I just really pray that strategies can be put in place, whether it's through the government system or through church, churches, Lord. I just really pray that that you can break these holds on their life, Lord, yes, and give Lord. them Thank you. give them the opportunity to know that you love them, Lord, yes, and that that yes. you can provide all their needs, Lord. I just really pray that you can break through this and give the essentials of life to them, Lord. Thank you, In Jesus' name. Lord, you are our God. We are children of the Most High God. And you have given to us everything we need for life and godliness. You've given us your precious Holy Spirit. Lord, there is nothing that we can't accomplish for you. So Lord, that wherever we walk in this city, in our schools, in our hospitals, in our shops, along the streets, and wherever we are, we can reflect who you are by our actions and by our words. So that, Lord, when we hear those words, wherever and whenever, uh, be like Jesus, that we will be your people who will deliberately rise up and be your people and be that reflection of who you are. You said that we would do things greater than you. Lord, I pray you would speak into our spirits and stir us up that we would be people who would do greater than the works that you did in this city, in the place that you have called us to be. King Jesus, we pray that your presence is here in our gatherings, that you're tangible. And, and through CIA, when we go into our um, separate parts in our workplace, that we will find a way to speak to people about you and that um, in the works that we're doing in our community, that you will there will be a rippling and a, and a presence and a knowledge that you are good, that you are goodness and light. And uh, we pray, Lord, that um, your presence is there forever. Thank you, Lord, that people will come through our doors. Lord Jesus, amen. amen. Father, we pray that 
our words will be according to the words of God, that we will speak truth and life into men and women. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the yes to the promises of God. Therefore, we say the amen. We agree together with what your word says, and we declare that we will be able to speak as Jesus spoke, that our words will be spirit and life, and that there will be no corrupt communication come out of our mouths, but that we will speak to men and women, and they will receive grace in the name of Jesus, truth and life in Jesus. Yes, sir. For, for, for believing me, for picking me every Sunday, every Sunday, before another people not loving me. Yeah. I love Jesus every day. Thank you for her a little English, for her three years in New Zealand. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you very much. It's good, isn't it? It is good. I encourage you to sign up on the 24-7 prayer thing. It's a great, great opportunity we have to do that. Hey, uh, just before I get going, one of our values as a church is belonging. And um, I, I found over time that to have a real sense of belonging anywhere, you've got to get involved. You've got to get involved, and you've got to be part of what's happening. And um, we've got opportunities everywhere as a church for you to be involved. But one I'd just like to mention this morning for a moment, and it, people, people don't realise how important this is, and that is on our host teams. You know the green T-shirts when you come in? To me, host teams are the most important one of the most important things that happen when we gather together on a Sunday. Standing and being able to welcome someone as they come in. You never know where they've come from. You never know what's happening in their world. And your smiling face and friendly handshake could be, literally be a life changer. And the, uh, the privilege of being able to, to serve one another, whether it's serving communion or helping someone to a seat or, or anything else, is a great honour. And it's so easily undervalued. I know, um, I'm going to speak a little bit in-house this morning, but I know that statistically, most people, when they visit any church, make their mind up, whether it's a good church or not, within the first 10 minutes of being on the property. Well, here's something, this will surprise you, visitors always come early. Most of you are not here to see that. Oh, did I say that? I did just say that. Shall I say that again? <laughs> um, visitors come early, and, and, and they will be, visitors will be on the property for 10 minutes, and we won't have even started. They would have had a handshake in the foyer. They would have been welcomed. They would have been shown to a seat. If it's raining, they may have had an umbrella to bring them in. And all of that takes people to make that happen. And I really would like to see our host teams grow significantly in numbers so that we can do so much more to bless people. And it sounds so simple, but it means so much. I know Owen, where's Owen? Down on the, the, the lights this morning. That's his testimony. He walked into church and it was the smiley gr uh, greeting. Same and same with Bev. 
and the rest is history. Life changed for them. And so after this, if you would like to go to the hub out there and sign up to be part of a host team, I really, really encourage that you do it. I can say this hand on heart. If I had the choice to do anything on Sunday and I didn't have to do what I do, I'd be doing that. I would be doing that. I would be the first one. Actually, Sunday nights I often stand on the door and welcome people in. I love it. It is just a great thing to do. So why don't you get involved? That'd be good. Well, as I said today, I want to talk in-house a little bit. If you're a guest, if you're visiting with us, I trust you'll hear the uh, principles of what's behind what I'm saying, even if I'm not speaking directly to you. I've had two parables on my heart over recent times, and they won't leave. They just keep sitting there. So I'm saying, God, what are you saying through these to me? What are you saying through these to us as a church? And I'm not going to have the time to unpack them this morning, but I will read them to you. Luke 14, verse 15. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell the guests, Come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five oxen or pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I now have a wife so I can't come. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, there is still more room. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come in so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. Now, obviously, there's cultural relevance in there. But I think God's saying something different. The second one is Matthew chapter 20. For the kingdom of heaven is like the landowner who went out early one morning to hire workers in his, for his vineyard. He agreed to pay a normal day's wages and sent them out to work. At nine o'clock in the morning, he was passing through the marketplace and saw some people standing around doing nothing. So he hired them, telling them he would pay them whatever was right at the end of the day. So they went to work in the vineyard. At noon and again at three o'clock, he did the same thing. At five o'clock that afternoon, he was in town again and he saw more people standing around. He asked them, why haven't you been working today? They replied, because no one's hired us. That landowner told them, then go out and join the others in my vineyard. That evening, he told the foreman to call the workers in and pay them, beginning with the last workers first, then those hired at five o'clock, um, sorry, the last workers first. When those hired at five o'clock were paid, each received a full day's wage. When those hired first came to get their pay, they assumed they would receive more, but they too were paid a day's wages. When they received their pay, they protested to the owner, those people worked only one hour, and yet you've paid them as much as you've paid us who have worked all day in the scorching heat. He answered one of them, Friend, I haven't been unfair. Didn't you agree to work all day for the usual wage? Take your money and go. I wanted to pay this last worker the same as you. Is it against the law for me to do what I want to do with my own money? Should you be jealous 
because I'm kind or generous to others. So those who are last will be first then. Those who are last now will be first then. And those who are first will be last. I think God's saying some stuff in those. I can't drop them. I think he's saying about, I, I like the fact that he found every worker and put them in the field. Every worker. It didn't matter when. He just got hold of every worker and sent them to work in the field. The harvest is ripe. The harvest is a few. We've got to be at work in the field. The banquet. There's an invitation. And it extends way beyond us to be at the master's banquet, to be in the kingdom of God. We've had several significant prophetic words this year as a church, and one that, um, again, is stuck in my mind at present is that we are nearly at tipping point. It's talking about the prayers of the saints. We're nearly at tipping point. Uh, A couple of weeks ago I mentioned I I saw a personal, uh, a prophetic picture personally where I saw a seesaw, you know, the seesaw, playground, and I was watching it, and instead of the people going with the ride, allowing it to tip, they were leaning back, stopping it from tipping. Well, it's inevitable. It's going to tip. You either get to go with it or you can try to stop it. It's much more fun if you go with it. You know, it bangs on the other end. You go up on your hands, all that kind of stuff. It's much more fun when you go with it. But I sense that God's saying this morning, come on, go with it. Come on, go with it. The two parables that I read both have a sense of inevitability about them. That God's going to do something special, that he's going to send out harvesters, that he wants to, the, the room to be full, that he's uh, wanting to tip the kingdom out in the favour of our city. This week we had our national conference, National Acts Churches Conference in Auckland, and it was a very challenging time. It was a great time, but it was a very challenging time. And um, we, were, we were seriously challenged about our lives and what we're doing with our lives for God. We were challenged about making our lives count for God. And two things I heard there. One was that we are called by God. We're all called by God, and we're called by God for kingdom purpose. We're not called to fill a pew. We're not uh, called just to make up time until we go home. We are actually called for kingdom purpose. You are called for kingdom purpose. Yes? Yeah, you are called for kingdom purpose. Now, that looks slightly different for all of us. But we're all called for kingdom purpose. There's no way that I'm going to change the local law firm or accountants firm or anything else in town. But if you're a lawyer, if you're an accountant, you will. I can't change the the culture, the atmosphere in the hospital, but if you work there, you can. Your kingdom assignment, your kingdom purpose is where God's got you. Also heard that, and we know this stuff because we've covered all this stuff over recent times, is that uh, our our identity is found in Christ, and when we find our identity, we will also find our I must do. We are all purpose. There is all something that we each must do for the kingdom of God. And it's when we find our identity in God that we discover our I must do. And out of that, the kingdom of God gains momentum. Because we're doing the stuff. We're moving forward. I'm thinking as a church and I'm feeling as a church that we, 
we have a sense of momentum at the moment. It's starting to build. We're starting to connect with our purpose in God. But can I invite you to do something? Just look around. Just look around you for a minute. Do, do like a 360. If your head does a full rotation, 360, do it. Otherwise, go 180 one way and 180 the other. What do you see? Yeah, what else do you see? Space. Space. And lots of it. We have three gatherings on a Sunday because we wanted capacity for you to bring your friends, your families, your colleagues. We don't need to have three gatherings on a Sunday. We can do it with two. But we have three. And we have three different styles of gatherings because I understand that paint comes in different colours. It comes in dark green, middle shades of green, and light green. And only green. We all have preferences. Yes, we have preferences. And there's nothing wrong with preferences. It's the way we're made. We have our preferences. So we've tried to create an environment where we express the goodness of God. We express the purpose, kingdom purpose of who God is asking activate churches to be in three different ways. On a Sunday, as we get together, we celebrate and we go off for another week. But we created capacity not so that you had more room on your seat. We created capacity so that you could bring your like-minded friends who like church the way you like it on a Sunday. But my goodness, I see space. I don't like space. Actually, I find it a little bit frustrating, a little bit disappointing. Space. Let's fill this building up. If each of us in here brought one or two people, the building's full. How many of us know one or people, two people who don't know Jesus? One or two people that need God in their life. One or two people who used to be in church and have fallen away for whatever reason. This build, if, if you decide right now, this would be full next week. We could fill this. We could overflow this next week. But you're already thinking of the excuses why you can't do that. I'm right, eh? I, you don't have to say yes or name, and then a nod will suffice. <laughs> we can do this. We can do this. We can fill up this place because I'm absolutely convinced that when I read these parables, the master wanted every worker working. There's a job to harvest, to bring in for every worker. The host wanted the venue full. He wanted it full. He said, I've invited these people and they haven't showed up. So go and get all these people. And he invites them and they come. And he goes, hey, we've still got room. Go and look behind the hedges. Find whoever you can, whatever you can. Wherever you can. And just bring them in. I have this sense in my spirit. Again, it's one, I have a sense that God deserves full buildings. But two, I have a sense that it's inevitable that God's going to fill the building. We either cooperate with them, we lean forward on the seesaw, or we lean back on the seesaw. You lean forward on the seesaw, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. You lean back on the seesaw, you go screaming the whole way. But I've got a feeling that God wants to touch our city, 
And I've got a feeling that God wants to fill our buildings, and I'm absolutely committed to making it happen whichever way we can. I'm just inviting you to go on the journey with it and be the workers. He sent the workers into the harvest. That's all of us into the harvest field. We've got a job to do. We've got a purpose to do. But here's the deal. I think that I've run out of time. Paraphrasing really fast. What's the problem? The problem is I don't think we're sold out for this. I think we think it's optional. I think we think that being purposed in the kingdom of God, I think we think sharing the gospel with those around us is an option. But it's not an option well, it is an option if you don't know him. If you know him, it's not an option. It becomes compelling. It becomes the purpose of life. It's not an option. It's not an option. Really interesting, we had three Ghanaian students with us a couple of weeks ago. You probably remember them. They spent a few days with us. I um, sat with them and I said, tell me what you found. What did you experience in the life of the church? And their, their feedback was interesting. They are three very, very well-educated men, and they had spoken to each other about it, I could tell, because they used similar words. They said, we walked in the building and we felt the tangible presence of God. It was amazing. They said, uh, one of them said, when I'm in the presence of God, when I'm in a place that has been prepared and the presence of God is there, I can hear his voice very clearly. He said, I heard God's voice clearly the whole time I was there. Then they said, but I don't think your people appreciate it. It's just church for them. They don't, and that, in a sense, that's a compliment. In another sense, it's not. I don't think the people appreciate the environment that they're coming into. Let me tell you, when people who don't know Jesus come into this environment, inevitably they will give their lives to Christ. Because God is at work here. This is not the only environment that people will give their hearts to Jesus, their lives to Jesus. But when they come into this environment, people give their lives to Christ because he is here. Two people, the place would be full. Two people. Friends, family, colleagues. Going fast. Skipping, skipping, skipping. Skipping. I want, to, I want to join one thing. This is how the process works. Okay, This process is not rocket science. This is how the process works. Jesus told us very, very clearly through prophetic word, build me a house of prayer. Build me a house of prayer. When we build him a house of prayer, individually and corporately, our identity will be revealed. Our personal identity, our corporate identity will be and is being revealed through him. When our identity is revealed by him, our I must do becomes very, very clear. We comprehend what God has called us to do. When we comprehend what God's called us to do and we're compelled to step into it, the kingdom of God, momentum rises. And it all starts with prayer. And I don't think we've quite yet got the invitation, build me a house of prayer. I don't think we quite got that yet. That wasn't an option or it wasn't Jesus saying, hey, I've got a good idea. And if, if you want to, you could do this. Actually, what he said we, uh, was build me a house of prayer. Full stop, exclamation mark, build me a house of prayer. I commented to the prophet who bought that word and I said, 
you know, that is so powerful because if we're not building a house of prayer, we're doing it in our own strength. Our own strength equals pride. God opposes the proud. In a sense, if we're not building a house of prayer, we've been professional. And I don't think God wants a professional church. And he turned around to me and he prophesied and he said, if you have a professional church, if you are professional people, in that sense, God will pass you by. That's the other half of it that we don't talk about. He said, build me a house of prayer. Build me a house of prayer and the rest will follow. The rest will, people will get connected to Christ. That's too generic. Your family will get connected to Christ. Your friends will get connected to Christ. Your mum, your dad, your sons, your daughters, your brothers, your sisters, your neighbours, your workmates. And why do they need to be connected to Christ? Because if they don't know him, they've got a lost eternity. It's really, really serious. There is no second run through. There is no plan B. Jesus said, when you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that I am the Lord, at that point, we come into relationship with him. When we come into relationship with him, it doesn't matter where we've been, what we've done, what state we're in. When we come into relationship with him, he wipes the slate clean. And he sees us through these Jesus-tinted glasses. There is now no wrong with us. We are now connected to God. We get to live the best life we can here. We get to live life in uh, relation and connection with our Creator. And we get eternal life with Him. Where, who was it? Umanga. Tana Umanga. What did he say? You know the saying. He's a rugby player, by the way, where he was. He said, this is not a game of tiddlywinks. He was talking about rugby. Let me tell you, this is not a game of tiddlywinks. We are talking about the eternal destination of people that we know. Let me just, I am finishing. Two people die every second. That's 6,316 a day. That's 105 a minute. That's 55.3 million people a year. Or let's make it more local. 100 people a day die in New Zealand. That's 31,608 people roughly a year is the statistic. That is the whole population of either Gisborne, Whanganui, Upper Hutt or Blenheim. And if they don't know Jesus, their eternity is lost. And I just sense that it's time to get a little bit more urgency behind what God's called us to do because I'm absolutely sure he wants full buildings. And it's not about having full buildings. It's about people being connected with Jesus. But people who are connected with Jesus will fill buildings to praise, to worship, to get fired, to go out and win more people to Jesus. And I am inviting you this morning to get out in the harvest field. It doesn't matter whether it's dawn, doesn't matter whether it's 9 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 3 o'clock or 5 in your life. These are your last days. Make them count. These are my last days. Make them count, Sheridan. Make them count. I talked to Stephen two weeks ago. Who would have thought he wouldn't be here? Be all over for him two weeks later. These are our last days. I am one breath away, one heartbeat away from being face to face with Jesus. We are playing a, we're not playing a game. This is so, so important.
For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. Father, I ask that you would stir us up this morning, that you would stir us to the point that we mobilize Lord, I know it makes us uncomfortable. I feel uncomfortable. But I want to be part of a generation, Lord, that fulfills your purpose for us. And not simply sits and watches it go by. Father, I want to be part of a generation that sees our city transformed for Jesus. With the love of God. I want to be a part of a generation, part of a church that sees tens of thousands of people in our city come to know you. I want to be part of a church that has influence in the nation and in the nations, not for the sake of influence, but for the sake of your kingdom, for the sake of seeing heaven populated and hell plundered. God, I want to be part of a church that loves I want to be part of a church that loves every person. Social standing, race, gender, anything else, education, doesn't come into the equation. We just love people and want to see people in the kingdom of heaven. And I invite you this morning, I invite you to stir us. I invite you to, to stir us to the point where it's uncomfortable. I ask that you would place people on our minds right now that we need to have here with us next week. Not for the sake of filling the building, but for you. For them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Way over time. Sorry, Jean.